Welcome to the GPCA podcast, where we spotlight the chemicals market in the Arabian Gulf and beyond. This podcast is proudly presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. Each episode will provide you with exclusive insights on the latest industry trends and stimulate conversations featuring industry leaders and experts from the region and the world. If you're new to this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Now, to your host. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum and hello from the sidelines of the 13 GPCA Supply Chain Conference taking place at the Hilton Dubai Al Habtur City Hotel right now. My name is Mohammed Zaman. I'm the Committee's Affairs Specialist here at GPCA, and I'm pleased to be the host of this episode of the GPCA podcast. Today's special episode is dedicated to ESG in the supply chain. Why now? Beyond the bus, we ask about what ESG means for chemical supply chains and why talk about it now. To begin with, just to give a bit of a background for our listeners, the term ESG has been around for more than a decade now. It was coined in 2005 by the United Nations to encourage investments in strategies with non-financial objectives. More recently, the term has attracted significant attention by governments, business leaders and even the public, particularly in the aftermath of the United Nations Climate Change Conference, or commonly known as the COP Conference, which was held in Scotland last November. To demystify what ESG means for chemical supply chains, I'll seek the views of two esteemed industry leaders about some of the key initiatives and projects contributing to supply chain sustainability today, what progress has been made over the years, and how the GCC region benchmarks against the West and the rest of the world. We will also shed light on GPCA member companies' experience in driving the sustainability agenda across the chemical supply chains at their firms and challenge them to move from talking the talk to walking the walk, as they say. So without further ado, I'm pleased to be joined by Mr. Badr Al-Juhani, Sustainability Manager at one of our member companies, Sadara, and speaker at the 13 GPCA Supply Chain Conference, alongside with Mr. Pierre Croner, Director of Globe Logistics and a member of the Gulf SQS Committee and Initiative of GPCA. Hello, Badr. Hello, Pierre. Thanks for being with us today, and I look forward to getting your views on this very important and hot topic. I would like to begin with my first question to Badr. So, Badr, ESG has been around for quite some time now. But recently, it's emerged on the top of governments and businesses' agenda alike. So please define for us, uh, what is ESG and why should the chemical industry focus on it? And how does it affect strategic plans? Uh, yes, uh, uh, thank you, uh, Brother Zaman. And uh, thank you for uh, GPCA for uh, offering us this opportunity to shed light about the ESG and uh, supply uh, chain for uh, chemical industry. Uh, coming to your question uh, about the ESG and the uh, uh, what does it uh, mean? Let me take you back to uh, a historical background and uh, let me go step back to the definition of sustainability, which is born as a, a concept, uh, let's say, uh, 20 years before the concept of the ESG. Uh, if we speak about the sustainability, uh, sustainability started uh, since 1987 uh, by the United Nations itself also. And uh, when we speak about sustainability before that date, we uh, normally uh, refer to the financial sustainability in an organization. And uh, in 1978, uh, Ms. Brantland, uh, the Prime Minister of Norway, uh, been assigned by United Nations to do a, a deep study about uh, our impact, about the 
the the revolution, the industrial revolution impact on the the earth, on the society, on the community. Uh, then after uh, work of four years, uh, Miss Brantland and the team uh, came up with uh, a thick book, a thick study. Uh, the name of that book is Our Common Future. And uh, that book defines sustainability uh, as a word covering three main sectors. The, the first one is the, the economy, uh, the second one is the environment, and uh, the third one is the community. So to define any business as a sustainable business, uh, that means it is financially stable. Uh, they are paying the, the required attention to, to the environment. And also, they are contributing very well to the community around them, either the internal community or the external community. So that is the definition of sustainability. Down the road, ASG in 2005 uh, up to 2006 came as a tool of measuring the performance of sustainability. So now most of the, the businesses, they are rating themselves against their performance sustainability by uh, scoring their ESG uh, rating, uh, their performance against uh, their responsibility about the environment, their performance against their effort about the, the social activity and contribution, and also how their system is strong enough to make their organization stable and going forward. Amazing. Thanks for the detailed history, firstly, on the sustainability journey of the world. And also, I think this is one of the simplest and most clear definitions of ESC you've heard. So thank you for beautifully answering that. So just building on that, Badr, can you please explain to our listeners how does ESD intersect with chemical supply chains? Uh, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, here in our region, in Gulf region, the, the oil industry and the chemical and petrochemical industry as, are very common and uh, making the, the, the backbone of the economy here in the region. Uh, so uh, ESG uh, internationally is very important and here for our region is very, very vital uh, for the, the petrochemical. And if you speak about the, the impact uh, of our processes are, as a chemical and petrochemical manufacturer, that will make our responsibility even more and higher rather than other uh, uh, different uh, sectors. If you speak about the, 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 the financial business or the other business, comparing to the, the heavy industry and the chemical and petrochemical, uh, our, our effort toward making our processes eco-friendly uh, less impact to the environment and also more life to the community. That make our uh, uh, responsibility even higher and put a lot of challenges on us as a manufacturer to really uh, provide a product with uh, a less footprint as much as possible. Thank you. I think this has laid a solid foundation for our podcast today with the basic definitions done right. So, Pierre, my first question to you um, so by now, we have established that ESD is clearly gaining momentum. There's no doubt about that. In fact, I would like to quote something interesting from Bloomberg, uh, which I read recently. So Bloomberg has stated that money held in sustainable mutual funds and ESD-focused um, exchange-traded funds rocketed globally by 53% last year to a whopping $2.7 trillion. So building on Badr's thoughts and coming from the logistics space, I would like to ask you, 
How are global logistic operators and service providers acting on this important and rather strategic drive? Thank you very much for the question. Assalamu alaikum and uh, thank you for the invitation to discuss uh, this yes critical critical point. Based on on Bada's input, um I believe we have something in common between our two industries between the chemical petrochemical industry and the logistics trucking industry is that the image of our industries are are of concern. I mean, everybody is a little bit afraid about chemicals, having a chemical plant around it or having or just driving by your truck on the highway. The images um we need to work on the images and and making sure that uh, we 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 comply with the highest environmental standard is is absolutely a must to convince the community in which we are working that um it is safe, it is proper and it is contributing to the wealth of the community in which we operate. Uh, how do we do as a logistic service providers uh, i believe there are also here three three vectors uh, on which we we uh, we daily uh, have to uh, follow the first one is of course to comply with the legislator i mean the legislator is uh, from time to time setting uh, mandatory regulations we have to follow and i want here to take the example for example in saudi arabia very recently two two main uh, new decrees have been issued which are in supporting and which are uh, in in favor of promoting um, a smarter more greener uh, the first one being that it is not allowed to operate trucks older than 20 years in the kingdom of saudi arabia um, a very good move forward uh, it will remove from the market uh, some old tech assets old tech trucks which are as we know much more polluting uh, the air and uh, generating emissions uh, co2 emissions also it has been decided not to allow imports of uh, any truck older than 5 years into the kingdom of saudi arabia so these two these two decisions are really really promoting uh, let's say a, a greener approach to how we operate our assets what kind of assets we want to put on the roads in in the kingdom of saudi arabia i am not sure i assume that similar uh, initiatives have been taken by the other gcc countries the second um the second vector would be to enhance our mindset everything comes back to how you project first yourself in the environment uh, in the environment you are living and then of course to extend this in how you work in the community you provide your services or, or you produce your goods so it's a matter of mindset it's a matter of increasing awareness for environmental concern it goes from individual actions or corporate actions uh, but first it starts also with what do you want as an individual as a living being uh, do you want to work in a healthy and uh, and uh, proper environment or do you want to work in something which may harm your health um yes so how do you raise uh, awareness uh, it's by education by awareness campaign it starts very young i will come back to that later so um yes raising the awareness for for a healthier and cleaner environment the last vector it's two combined uh, the third one it's to promote technologies to always try to be aware of what technologies are available to conduct your businesses in in the way that they are environmental friendly um for trucking it's basically uh what kind of truck what kind of engines you are uh, putting on the roads 
uh, um, for example, to choose a tire manufacturer, which is uh, uh, reducing the, um, the driving resistance of the wheel on the, on the, on the asphalt, these kind of, of, of technologies which really help you to reduce your emission, reduce your consumption. For us, tracking, it's very simple. Emissions are related to fuel consumption. This is the direct, okay, there are some indirect contribution to our CO2 emission, but the direct CO2 emissions are related to our consumption. So everything which helps to reduce uh, our fuel consumption will directly impact also the production of our emissions. And yes, in the connection to the technology is also how we operate. Um, one of the main drive we try to, as a logistic service provider, is to reduce our empty mileage. Empty mileage is a waste of asset, is a waste of produced mileage. If a truck is moving without a payload, it's a direct net uh, pollution or net emission of CO2. So trying to find backloads, trying to reduce empty mileage is one of the key uh, action in terms of operation and how to reduce our footprint in terms of emission. Well, uh, thanks, Pierre, for this very interesting and excellent insight and the meticulous uh, procedures that you take to make our planets more sustainable. These are often overlooked, but uh, thanks to your insight, I think uh, myself and the audience are getting to know more about the trucking industry and uh, your uh, contribution towards uh, sustainability. So now I, th I think it would be interesting to get the polymer producer's perspective. Brother, so what has been Sadara's experience in driving its supply chain ESG performance upwards? Have you set any specific goals? And uh, from your presentation today, could you talk about your award-winning initiatives, specifically uh, Sadara being the first winner of King Khalid Sustainability Award, and you know other initiatives that you're currently working on or now or in the past that you can share with the listeners? Uh, yes, uh, like what I did mention in the uh, presentation, and also Sadara CEO have mentioned in the morning, maybe the the, the largest and the biggest uh, project which is contributing to the supply chain and uh, do have a very massive positive impact on reducing the the emission is the, the railway project that uh, uh, Sadara have signed the, the agreement with the SAR company. Uh, this project really, uh, in addition to the security uh, safety and reliability uh, aspects that it will provide. It will add one more aspect which is directly related to sustainability and uh, to the ESG. Uh, and when we talk about ESG, we are not, talk we are not talking about the E letter. In this project, we are serving the, the, the three letters. Uh, we are serving the E letter by reducing the emissions. Uh, we are eliminating almost 600 trucks per day uh, in uh, in CO2 numbers that will be equal to almost more than 1.5 million tons of CO2 emissions all over the year. And uh, for sure that is a national uh, objective to, to be a, a good contributor in the net zero carbon that Saudi Arabia is aiming to achieve uh, by uh, 2060. Uh, if we talk about the, the, the S letter, also 
you are contributing to to the the traffic accidents that uh, is potential to happen uh, also to uh, occupying the the public roads by uh, by uh, trucks and goods uh, those also is a, a social contribution uh, comes as a result of uh, using the the railway uh, as alternative uh, for trucks for sure trucks will 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 be there and the need of trucking system is uh, present to, to, to help uh, different aspects. For that uh, thing, I, I, I can say it's a, the, the very major contribution toward ESG if we speak about the, the supply chain and the, uh, the uh, let's say, scope three of greenhouse gases emission. Uh, we, we can talk about a number of examples within defense and uh, internal uh, aspect of the sustainability within uh, Sadara. But up to your question, I, I think uh, railway project is the, the project number one that can contribute to, to ESG in terms of supply chain. Thank you, brother, for the insight. And I think this is very interesting what you've mentioned about railways. I think we're still uh, laying the groundwork, as they say, for the railways. And it's very interesting to see even the CEO of uh, SAR, he, um, what he spoke today morning about the potential that railways has and you know how it can complement the trucking industry going forward. I think this is very interesting to see how it pans out. So um, thanks for that. So Pierre, coming back to you. So from a regional perspective, how would you estimate our GCC region to be performing when benchmarked against its global counterparts? Is there anything more that can be done to enhance our ESG agenda to compete with our European and the Western counterparts? Um, thank you for the question. Well, first, very simple, straightforward question. There is always room for improvement, even in other parts of the world. I mean, this uh, ESG and environmental protection is a journey you start, but you don't know when it will end. Um, it is it is a very interesting uh, journey you start uh, you start here. Uh, I, I have the chance to come from uh, international uh, from overseas from Europe basically. Um, even if I joined Saudi Arabia 15 years ago, so I can still uh, benchmark and and from time to time I, I, I go back to to Europe or other places in the world. Um, still, there is a long way to go. Don't I mean? Let's be very open. There is still a, um, a lot of actions which can be done, which can be improved. The thing is that definitely I have noticed that the gaps are closing fast. And in some, some fields, even the GCC is taking the lead uh, over, um, let's say, more historical markets such as Europe or, uh, or the USA or the North America. Um, for example, solar energy, heat energy. I mean, these are, are really getting a drive, a traction here in the GCC um, if compared to other, other markets. I'm always, and here I would speak quite generally, it has nothing specific to do with LSP or, or, or tracking itself, but it applies to my sector as well. I always believe in doing it right from the beginning. And how best to uh, promote um, ESG awareness than to start with the youngest generation. And there is one thing which describes the GCC. It's a young population. It's much younger than other parts of the world. And uh, yes, definitely, it's a, the, the transfer of knowledge when it comes to environmental, um, when it comes to environment, is not the usual transfer of knowledge. Normally, it's the parents who are teaching the kids. Here, yeah, it's a different. It's the kids who are teaching the parents. It's the youngers who are 
teaching and correcting the behavior of the older generation. We have to work harder on this. We have really to make sure that our young generation, for us it's too late. We will, our legacy to the next generation is not the nicest, huh? be, be honest. Um, but it is to them also to start now to take the lead on this subject and to still teach us back to how to behave better, us, the, let's say, the older generation. So education, education, education. I will not stop saying it enough. It starts from there. If you want to have a good outcome, a good ESG concerns, awareness and uh, an approach, you have to start from the beginning. And this starts at school, at school, at high school, at the university, the whole way. I would welcome a kind of mandatory two hours courses of environmental matters at school, universities, high school, whatever. So it starts from there. Thanks, Pierre, for the very interesting point. You mentioned about education. I think that's kind of hits at home. And I think if implemented properly, like bringing these concepts from a very early stages for uh, children. Yes. And I think that would uh, take us to a very sustainable, honest, very sustainable path. Well, we need to see how, inshallah, that pans out. Uh, next, a question for both of you. So supply chains attract great scrutiny when it comes to emissions. What are some of the ESG risks within the chemical supply chain? And how important, in your opinion, is end-to-end uh, -end visibility? So maybe, Pierre, you can start this. Again, risks, there are always two types of risks. There are the risks you can control or you can mitigate, and there are the risks which are basically beyond your, your field or, or of control. Beyond the field of our control is a pandemic, for example, is a crisis in Ukraine. Um, um, yes, these two, um, these two major events in the past uh, two years did rescale the priority of ESG over other short-term priorities. The risk we can control uh, are basically, I mentioned it before, is how we operate, uh, how we comply with the regulator. Um, um, it is, um, for example, training programs uh, to our employees, to our truck drivers, and how to be more defensive in the way they operate the vehicles to reduce, again, the footprints. So, uh, yes, the risk we can mitigate and the, we can control are in every aspect of our day-to-day -day operations, yes. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Pierre, for that. Brother, your thoughts on that, please? Um, uh, yes, um, I would like to add uh, a small part uh, to what Pierre uh, have been uh, said. Uh, I, I see readiness and willingness from the, the full supply chain family is also uh, any, uh, a risk. So it's not part of the, the manufacturer uh, uh, itself. To, to set the rules alone and say, yes, I want to do this list of items in terms of ESG, uh, that that will never work uh, in, in a good manner. Uh, it should be uh, two parties, uh, both, uh, uh, not both, all the concern, all the related parties in the, in the processing uh, should sit together uh, on the issue together and develop the the approach together. Uh, if if such thing not happen this way, I, I see it a very a very big risk, 
and uh, the gap will remain the same. Uh, just I want to get back to, to one very important point that Pierre said earlier, uh, the importance of educating the, the, the young generation. Uh, I, I totally support that idea. And uh, in Saudi Arabia, myself and a number of my colleagues who are uh, specialized in sustainability uh, have created a small initiative. Uh, we named it uh, Saudi Sustainability Club. And one of the, the, the initiatives uh, that we are doing through this small club is to approaching the universities and explain to the students what does sustainability mean, how they can contribute. Even we, we, we developed uh, a small uh, personal sustainability index that anyone who can fill that one and he can measure himself how he is sustainable as an individual, as a person. That will promote the culture. And uh, yes, and I do agree with Pierre that without going down and starting the journey from step zero, we cannot achieve much uh, success in that one. We need to capitalize on those young yet fast learner uh, individuals who are the, the young uh, generation. Well, um, thank you, uh, brother. I think uh, the great initiatives that you guys are doing, I think, will definitely set a precedent for the future generation to come. And I really like what you mentioned about this whole journey, this ESC journey being a joint effort and not any one parties. And I think that kind of summarize it, summarizes the whole question in a very nice way. So uh, moving on, uh, just so now we're coming to like a last, the last set of questions for both our panelists. And um, I would like to start with Pierre. So Pierre, um, according to the GPCA Responsible Care Performance Metrics Report, which you're quite familiar with, our members achieved significant improvements over the last three years in their emission reductions, wastewater discharge reductions, non-hazardous waste, etc. What is the role of initiatives such as Responsible Care and Gulf SQS in helping the chemical industry and its value chain partners drive reductions in both their scope one and three emissions? Um, Gulf SQAS is... Um how can I say it? It's, uh, it's the extension of responsible care in the, in the supply chain. Uh, I am myself member of the subcommittee of uh, Golf SQAS and the GPCA. Uh, it's, a, it's a quite young initiative. Uh, Golf SQAS is, uh, we, we have done the first trials in 2014, if I'm correct. It was more than needed. It was really more than needed in the supply chain for the chemical and petrochemical industry. We started, let's say, um, very easily. We, we basically looked what, what Europe was doing. And in Europe, there was a SQAS program. And to start with, we almost copy-pasted it into the, into the Middle East. It was branded Golf SQAS. Um, but now, since indeed five, six years, it's really differentiated itself from the European SUS, taking into consideration geographical specification and also legal specification of the GCC. So it's, it's, uh, it's becoming a really GCC specific program. And it was more than needed. Why? So, I mean, any program which, which helps a logistic service provider to basically operate better, operate according to the best industry practices, which were quite common in other markets such as Europe or North America, uh, will help this logistic provider to um, to have a path towards um, towards how to best operate. How is it? 
Is it social responsibility? Is it operation? Is it contracting? Is it finance? And of course, uh, environmental uh, responsibility towards uh, the community in which this logistic service provider is operating. It can be a warehouse, it can be a 3PL logistic service provider, it can be a trucking company. In future, there will be Golf SQAS for rail operators. Yes, it's, uh, it, is in the, it is on the agenda. The committee is working to finalize uh, the questionnaire for rail operation because they, we, we all know it's coming uh, to, to Saudi Arabia. Because I am on both sides, I am the committee and I am also uh, LSP, logistics service provider, tracking operator. It really helped us to raise our standards in all these aspects and also environmental. Um, it's promoting the use of latest technologies. I, I uh, mentioned this before. It promotes the way uh, we make sure we have a proper waste management system in place. Uh, not just that the system is in place, but with that we can also monitor what we are doing, what what uh, what kind of goods, what kind of services we consume, and what kind of goods or waste, sorry, uh, we release also, uh, and how. It's not just about releasing and handing it over, but up to really the, the, the final step of the disposal of our, our waste. Sorry, trucking company generates a lot of waste in special tires, and we all know that tires are something um, uh, very, very polluting. Uh, we don't dump uh, the, truck, uh, the, the tires somewhere in Kuwait, no. We have an agreement with our service provider, for example to really recycle the tire, to give a, to extend the lifespan of the tire from the moment we purchase this new to the moment really we retreat it, we reuse the casing, and finally it is disposed, it is, it is shredded, the rubber goes back into asphalt and the steel, for example, is used for any other application. So um, this, for example, these kind of, of actions are promoted by the Golf SQAS uh, program and are also, uh, yes, ranked as, as you, you get a good a good score, which is uh, first good for you, but also good for your customers and for the whole supply chain industry in general, yes. So I can only encourage the further uh, promoting of the Golf SQS program and invite the ones who have not yet decided to be assessed uh, or audited as per the Golf SQS program to do so. Um, soon it will become absolutely mandatory if any logistic service provider wants to keep working in the, in the petrochemical or chemical industry. Thank you, Pierre, uh, for taking us to the great work that you guys are doing in the SQS front and how you started off uh, this beautiful journey in 2014 and it seems like you've come a long way. So that's amazing work. And lastly, brother, I would like to touch upon something that you mentioned in your recently concluded presentation today. So you mentioned there is currently no unified reporting standard for supply chain performance. Is this something that needs to change? And why does this area need a focus from both the regulator and companies themselves? Um, yes, uh, uh, thank you for uh, bringing the light to this important uh, point. Uh, when I uh, said there is no uh, unified standard for uh, measuring the uh, the supply chain performance i mentioned that if if you want uh, let's say uh, esg rating agency is rating a certain uh, company a certain organization a manufacturer let's say there is no clear standard allow this rating agency to go beyond the fence of that manufacturer 
and measure their supply chain performance. For sure, their supply chain per, uh, performance can be measured as a primary for themselves. So I, I, as a manufacturer, I will set the rule and I will select the, the best initiatives that I can disclose and put it in my, in my uh, book. So uh, international uh, standards for sustainability uh, are improving uh, very quickly. Uh, yet here, uh, in terms of how you can rate a company beyond their fence and measure their supply chain performance, that point is not yet mature enough to give a standard and unified way of, of rating. Uh, yes, uh, I think there is a lot to be done uh, here. And um, with the group collaboration uh, between all supply chain itself, manufacturer, and also rating agencies, they can develop a certain, uh, let's say, win-win uh, situation to, to have a good and clear way to, to, to measure uh, this performance. Let me give you an example to make the picture more clear. If, if we speak about the, the, the greenhouse gases measurement, it's very clear to, to quantify scope one or scope two, because both are within your boundary. If you select to disclose your scope three, then the, the story will be totally different. And uh, you, by yourself, you will find difficulty, even if you agree and you take the approvals to, to include scope three, you will find so many difficulties to, to bring the, the accurate figures in, uh, in scope three. This why, as I stated in my presentation, less than 20% of manufacturers are disclosing their scope three. So now it's uh, uh, from here and from there. Uh, rating agencies, uh, the manufacturer and the supply chain would come up with a, a better way of how we can taking this uh, measurement uh, ahead. Thank you, brother, for the clarification. Well, gentlemen, is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, thank you so much again for uh, giving this opportunity and uh, I'm glad to sit uh, with beer and uh, uh, help each other to make the, the concept of ESG and the, the relation of ESG uh, with the supply uh, chain in chemical industry more uh, clear to your audience. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation, the very open discussion between one manufacturer and one logistic service provider. We are doing together. We are the supply chain. Um, three words. I think I read them while I was preparing a little bit for this interview. Who cares wins? This is really what it is about today. So thank you very much. Wow. Uh, thanks for that. Well, thank you both for these fantastic insights. It was great having you guys with, here, uh, with us here today. With this, our podcast has come to an end. If you enjoyed this conversation, head to our website for more episodes of the GPCA podcast and do get in touch with us with your comments and recommendations. That would definitely be helpful to us to improve ourselves and produce better content. Thank you, and we look forward to meeting you in our next podcast. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the GPCA podcast. If you want to stay up to date and receive notifications about the next podcast, subscribe to our channel. This podcast was presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. For more information about GPCA, please visit our website at www.gpca.org.ae.
join the conversation online. Follow us on our social media listed in the channel description and share your feedback. Thank you.